With Denver Broncos cornerback K1 Williams set to miss some time this season, what do the Broncos do with the nickel position exactly? Plus, some roster cuts have already rolled in. We'll break all that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Special shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more. And you get that every single day. All year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. I cover the Denver Broncos daily for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, my co-host. He's also the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sarah, some news as roster cuts are looming on Tuesday, 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Denver has to go from 90 to 53. They've gotten in the process of making some moves already, which we'll highlight a little bit later on here in the show. But really kind of the bigger news is that the Broncos will be without one of their top cornerbacks, top defenders this upcoming season. Not sure if it's going to be short-term, not sure if it's going to be long-term, but Kwan Williams set to miss some time after undergoing ankle surgery on Monday for something that's been bothering him for the last month or so here. And uh, I, I think we got to talk about like what type of impact does this have here on the defense? And we'll dive a little bit deeper into some specifics as to why he waited this long to get the surgery and some other things. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big blow to the Denver Broncos secondary, right? Obviously, they kind of experienced a little bit of life without K1 last year as he toughed it out through some injuries, right? He obviously played that Jacksonville game where he made the game winning interception and, with a club on his hand and he played through a variety of injuries, Cody. But unfortunately, this is just kind of the story as it goes for the Broncos. But fortunately for them, as we'll talk about in a little bit here, they're I mean, they're finding this out right as roster cuts are happening, right? As there's a bunch of players that are about to become available, teams may be more amenable to trades at this point. So we'll see where the Broncos are at because I think Kwan Williams, a lot of fans on Twitter, Cody, talking about how underrated he is, which is very true. Had a quite a good passer rating allowed last year. I think he was eighth, according to Pro Football Focus, in the NFL last year in terms of passer rating allowed into his coverage when aligned in the nickel position. So Obviously, when you're talking about nickel corners in the NFL, he doesn't give up much ground. But at the same time, the Broncos have had some guys who have gotten a lot of time on task here in the preseason. And, and that's a good thing, right? There's a benefit to to having that because you want to have all your you know ducks in order when something like this is the case. And it seems like Denver's kind of known this for a while. And I think a, a lot of people, I, I saw several tweets because I shared my thoughts on it on social media, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. And I said, you know, this is a bummer for the Broncos, obviously a loss for them because, hey, he's an impact player. I mean, this is a guy we talk about used in the nickel last season, very good against the run, very underrated, I would say, in the coverage aspect, as we saw last year. But also another thing I want to highlight, this is a dude that was a weapon off the edge. You could send him on a nickel blitz. There were times where he would get home and create pressure and fluster quarterbacks, and that led to some opportunities for Denver's defense 
an impact player there. And obviously he's got some bulk to him, some size, which makes him, I think, another guy that you want to have playing inside the box at times against some of these big time run teams. Denver's going to face one in week one against Josh Jacobs. So we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the options that could step in for him. And we already know saying Bassey's prime for that, but I want to talk about maybe why he got the surgery now. And I think this is a question that many in Broncos country had, believe it or not, right? Contrary to popular belief, a lot of NFL teams, they will want their players that are dealing with injuries. They want to look at every alternative option possible in terms of recovery and treatment versus getting surgery, going under the knife. I don't think many people realize this. Every time you go under the knife, there's a chance that it impacts your ability or your longevity to play in the NFL for maybe as long as you want to because you're going in there and you're causing trauma. If it's a broken bone, you're causing trauma to something that's already like injured. And there's a process in terms of healing. Ligaments, same exact thing because then you add potential wear and tear on the other side for overcompensation. So for, for K1, we all know a couple of weeks ago, it came out, our good friend Mike Clissett reported that he was seeking a second opinion on it. And that opinion was, hey, Rest and recover. Let's see where the ankle is at. He couldn't do the things that he's required to do as a defensive back in terms of, you know, without discomfort, backpedaling, planting, cutting, doing these things that are necessary for his position without there being pain and discomfort. So that's where this ankle surgery has now come into play for him. And yeah, I mean, Sarah, I think that it's valid. Like the the timing of it is obviously not great, but you got to do what's best for the athlete. And it does seem like Broncos ownership, especially as it comes to guys who are injured, it seems that, hey, we're going to do whatever we can to support you, which is the right move. That's how it should be done because you don't want a situation to happen how it was with Byron Jones in Miami, for example. I think that's a great thing nobody talks about. He he took the decision to go through and get surgeries and ended up making his career worse and impacted him. And that's something I think has been publicized a little bit. So for K1, we don't know if it's going to be short-term. We don't know if it's going to be long-term, but we do know this, Sarah. K1 not being able to be ready for the start of the season means that come roster cut deadline, he will be on the 53. Then more than likely, they will at some point place him either on short-term injured reserve or they'll put him on long-term injured reserve, which will end his season. And maybe he'll be back in the fold next year, but allows another roster spot to open up for somebody here on the 53-man roster after the fact. So something to keep an eye on there. It's tough though, man, because... You look at a guy, I mean, you talk to Justin Simmons, you talk to Patrick Sertan, they have nothing but rave things to say about Kwan Williams. This is a guy who, as you mentioned, tough as nails. I mean, last year he had the hand, the elbow, the ankle, and the knee injury that he all played through. Heck, last year he had a meniscus operation and came back in two weeks. Sarah, to me, I, I've seen some fans like, oh, this guy's always hurt. He's not tough like folks. Kwan Williams one of the toughest dudes I've seen in an NFL locker room. This is a dude that wants to play, but you know what? the end of the day, it's about preserving your longevity here in the NFL. So Kwan Williams getting surgery there. Wish him the best. And uh, hopefully we'll find out a little bit more about his timeline here coming forward for the Broncos. But a- any closing thoughts on this subject, Sarah, before we jump into talking about maybe, hey, what do the Broncos do now with the nickel? Right. I think it just raises big questions about what's next at the cornerback position, because I think we talked about this as we were leading up to training camp, that cornerback really felt like it was a spot where the Broncos had quite a few guys like they they felt like they could go into training camp and feel really good about their depth. All of a sudden, a couple of injuries, you know, you have K1 Williams, Riley Moss, and it's just Tremont Smith not playing as well as maybe people had hoped in the front office during the preseason or training camp. 
it kind of complicates matters. It kind of makes you go back to the drawing board a little bit and reevaluate a position and say, okay, we, we, we have to be really good early on in the season. And the nickel cornerback spot is a non-negotiable. So what are we going to do now? And thankfully, Cody, we've got some ideas. Other teams maybe have some ideas for us with the guys that they're going to let go or possibly trade. Cornerbacks are a premium position, and I think that it's tough for good ones to hit the market, but there may be some out there, and, and we're going to look at all that uh, and who on the roster could potentially step up as well here in a little bit. So what do the Broncos do at nickel? We look at in-house options. We look at some potential out-of-house options as well as the regular season is fast approaching. Could also Denver find a way to get creative with their personnel usage? Well, you're going to get all that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Game Time. And buying tickets to your favorite events should never be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They also have flash deals on last-minute tickets. They're also easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event that's going on in your local area. Plus, they have images of Seaview, so you know exactly what you're going to get when you get the experience of going to a stadium or going to a venue, Game Time provides you just that. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set to go. Tickets, they're sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email, which is convenient in today's day and age of QR codes and being able to scan tickets to get in on entry. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, especially as the Broncos' regular season opener against the Las Vegas Raiders approaches week one. Game time can give you tickets and access to that game if that's something that you're looking for. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What are the Denver Broncos going to do at the nickel cornerback position for the short term and the long term? We're going to look at some options that are available, maybe some options in-house, and we're going to just discuss a, a very important position for this defense now that we are just a couple of weeks out from the start of the regular season. Denver Broncos have a few injuries that they've been dealing with, but look, Cody, there, there may be a chance this is perfect timing, all things considered. We're going to discuss the options coming up here, but before we do, got to give a huge shout-out to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, we appreciate you everydayers out there who take the time to listen, free and available anywhere that you get podcasts. You take us with you on the on the treadmill, Cody, in the car, on the way to work, on the way home from work. If you're going grocery shopping, you take Locked On Broncos. I love it. Somebody brought us to the driving range. Or if you watch on YouTube, sitting on the couch at home or laying in bed at home, hey, Cody and I are just honored that you choose to make us part of your day every single day to talk all things Denver Broncos, especially for those of you that really engage with the show, commenting on YouTube, joining us on Twitter with the discussion there, and just getting involved. I, I love it, Cody. It's one of my favorite things just to go through the comments, see what people are resonating with, see their ideas. Maybe you've got some ideas about the nickel cornerback position. Who have you been scouting out there? Maybe you've seen somebody on another team that you'd like to bring in. Give us a, a shout in the comment section here on YouTube if you're if you're watching on YouTube. But Cody, we got to talk about, I think, a guy who had a big preseason for the Denver Broncos at the nickel at safety playing special teams. He's saying Bassey really did a little bit of everything, earned his way on the roster regardless, I think, of 
Kwan Williams injury or even Riley Moss's injury early on. He's saying Bassey did enough to really prove that he's he belongs on this team. Now his week one role could be a lot different now, though, with this news that Kwan Williams could be headed to injured reserve. Well, it seems like if that's the case here for Kwan, is saying Bassey will probably do exactly what he did in the preseason. He'll start for the Broncos defensively here. And I also think it maybe opens some things up to to question. You know, we talk about maybe personnel packages and, and usage. Saying Bassey is no stranger to stepping in and starting. I mean, he did this last year for a good portion of the games that Kwan Williams was out, or he rotated in at that spot there. Now, week one's going to be a challenge because you have the Raiders. They have a wide variety of weapons, Hunter Renfro being one of them, Devontae Adams. And the way that I think Josh McDaniels and some teams may plan to use their prolific wide receivers to try to eliminate a one-on-one matchup with Patrick Sertan is to move them around the field, move them as the number two guy, move them as the number three receiver. How does that impact Vance Joseph and his game planning? I think there's some ripple effects here that we have to talk about, but saying Bassey is a fundamental technician at the position, maybe a little bit undersized in comparison to a guy like Kwan Williams, who's a little bit bulkier, but I do like some of the things I have seen from a saying Bassey, and that is, hey, when you're playing against the run, you're attacking, you're making sure nobody can get outside of you. You keep your outside hand free and you try to squeeze it down to force toward where you have help from your inside linebackers or your safeties that are coming downhill. Very good at attacking blocks. And I, you know, we've seen his ball skills, being able to read. I mean, what he did was uh, against the Rams and Stetson Bennett in Saturday's preseason finale was impressive to me. He understood, okay, hey, it's third and long here. I know exactly some of the spots they like to attack. We've seen it in practice he went through, he had an interception in practice during the week, and he had one during the game against the Rams. So a guy who has demonstrated the ability to get better every single year. You mentioned special teams impact. I think that's big, but there's also another guy on the roster as well at corner who we project to be the key backup to Damari Mathis and to Patrick Sertan, Jaquan McMillan. He also showed that he can play in the nickel. He registered a sack during the preseason at that spot. And I would be excited to see him get another opportunity, quite frankly. I mean, he's got great ball skills. He's aggressive. Look, anything had to be on the table, in my opinion, right now, if you're the Denver Broncos, and I think it will be. I think we'll see all options explored, maybe a bit of a rotation, depending on like a hot hand sort of situation there. But I really like Jaquan McMillan. I know you love Jaquan McMillan, Cody, and he's one of those guys that he just he was his consistency in making plays when really you know, I don't think a lot of people expected a ton out of him as far as like the fan base, maybe not recognizing his talent, or I guess he only played one game last year. So it's hard to blame people, but he really came kind of out of nowhere for a lot of people and emerged as the top backup to those outside guys. Now his size lends itself more towards playing in the nickel. We'll kind of find out what the Broncos envision for him. As we've heard that buzzword all off season, the vision for certain players, I think the more you can do for a defense. That's why we've seen Bassey playing safety. That's why we've seen McMillan playing inside and outside. The more you can do in a secondary these days, the far better your value is to these teams. And I think for the Broncos, certainly having those two guys, young guys that are are aggressive, that are ball hawks, that are always around the ball, it, it can could be a blessing in disguise if those one of those two guys can step up. Well, I think it also we got to dive into a little bit of a deeper personnel question here, right? When Denver goes to dime, right? Six defensive backs on the field. This is what we already know it's going to be. We already know that Caden Stearns is going to be out there. Justin Simmons is going to be out there. Patrick Sertan and Damari Mathis. There's four, but what do you do here? Does Bassey stay in, which I imagine if he's, he's going to start a nickel, he'll stay in and dime as one of the slot guys. But who gets that other slot spot? Could it be Caden Stearns playing inside the slot 
in the dime, and then you have Justin and Kareem on the back end, or do you feel like maybe, hey, Jaquan McMillan here can maybe be the other slot guy with Bassey, and you have Stearns and Justin Simmons on the back end? I mean, it just depends on how you want to get creative, but I do think Vance Joseph, Christian Parker, these guys do have some options out there, and maybe also take a look on the outside. If there is any available free agent options, Sarah, who are some names that maybe you'd be interested in to go along with this conversation? Well, I'd love to see old friend Bryce Callahan brought back, of course. I mean, he, he visited the Miami Dolphins recently. You assume mm. the Broncos are still running an iteration of this Fangio defense, and he had a really good season last year for the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, he played a career-high number of games. He had a career-high in interceptions, career-high in eh, pretty much every category because he played in the most games that he's ever played in, right? We know Bryce Callahan can play. It's just a matter of, can he play? Can he be available for you? Right. But he was last year. And so maybe he can build off that. What about I just saw Cody that uh, Desmond King was let go by the Houston Texans. He's played nickel. He's a Hawkeye. So, I mean, he's an option out there. But Sean Payton, we know he likes his old friends, too. So maybe P.J. Williams, an, an option, a veteran option out there. Just depends. Do the Broncos want to take a shot at upside here or do they want a veteran fail safe? I tend to think with K1 being the guy that's going down and not Bassey or McMillan, because it's K1, I kind of tend to think they'll want a veteran fail safe instead of taking a chance on a young player that gets let go by another team. It's a great question, too. And I think the challenge associated with maybe looking at bringing in somebody from the outside is, hey, they got two weeks to get ready, right? To learn the defense, to learn the scheme, and to come in and maybe get rid of all the old terminology if they were on another team get rid of everything that they've been told and taught during their training camp and OTAs with their other team. There is a challenge. There's an adjustment period though. I feel like it might be a little bit easier to do that defensively than it is learning a brand new offense. So maybe there's a benefit to that there, but it's a challenge, man. And I, I like I said, I'm very curious to see what Denver does decide to do here. They could be creative. It may impact the safety position, maybe more so than it does the corner position here. For the Broncos as final roster cuts do happen but Broncos country speaking of roster cuts there have already been some cuts that we know of so far as of the time that we're sitting down recording this episode of the podcast we'll dive deep into that and you're going to get that on today's episode locked on Broncos real quick let me tell you to go check out the locked on NFL podcast available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast for all your conversation as to what's going on around the NFL the biggest stories where is Jonathan Taylor going to land is a big topic right now as the NFL season fast approaches. And the Colts have apparently placed a deadline on when he may or may not be traded. So how does that impact things? Check out Locked On NFL today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So far, the Broncos have made several roster cuts as of the time that we're sitting here recording this episode of the show. They have to dwindle things down to 50 by the end of Tuesday, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. That's 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain time. Here's what we know. But before we get into that, folks, let me tell you, just say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning into the show, making us your first listen, whether you listen on YouTube, whether you listen wherever you get your podcasts or whether you watch us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Sarah, the Broncos got started a little bit early on Sunday initially, making some roster cuts, including a fan favorite as the time that we're recording is we expect more to come in and then we'll obviously have you covered once final roster cuts happen and the ro roster is finally assembled in full we'll break it all down here on the podcast but your initial thoughts on maybe some of the things that we've seen so far here including Kendall Hinton being one of the guys that has been waived by the Broncos 
Right. I mean, Cody, I think we have to address something really quick. We talk about this every year at roster cuts or when guys get traded or things like that. But man, just don't lose the human element of all this. If you're listening to the show or if you're out there on Twitter, like you don't necessarily need to be flexing on whether or not you got it right that somebody got cut. I mean, it's although we talked about Kendall Hinton probably not being a fit for this 53 man roster like that that's a human being right and and he's out 100%. there trying to live his dream he's worked so hard he's had some crazy moments like for an NFL player he's had some crazy moments in the first 3 4 years of his NFL career and with the Broncos i mean he's done uh, he's done a lot to earn a lot of respect and so i just think yes it, he deserves kind of a little kudos on the show i think to just talk about Kendall Hinton as being one of the first roster cuts. I think the Broncos showed him how much they respect him by putting him out there early on in this process to give him a chance to say, catch on with any team that may be interested or that may, you know, he's got relationship with Zach Azani, who's in New York. He, I, I think Vic Fangio in Miami would vouch for him in Miami, you know? So I'm not saying he's for sure guaranteed to go to one of those spots, but the Broncos doing him a solid by saying, Hey, we're going to let you go now before all these thousands of names hit the waiver wire and let you go get a chance to catch on elsewhere. So huge shout out to Kendall Hinton. I know obviously that's the biggest name that was let go at this point. And certainly you you don't necessarily want to be out there celebrating being right about something yeah. like that. Like, yes, it's our job to project these things. It's our job to evaluate, you know, and be realistic about stuff. But Certainly, we're rooting for Kendall to latch on with another team and have success and continue to build on what he set as a foundation in Denver. Well, and the thing is, too, some of these guys are going to go on to, to make other rosters. Kendall Hinton could very well be back on the team's practice squad. I mean, for three seasons in a row, he's been on their practice squad and has been called up to help them in the regular season. He's been a role player. He's been a contributor in that facet. But for some of these guys, it could very well mean the end of the road for their NFL career. So it is always with this, oh, look, I was right on my 53 man. Uh, folks, let's, I, I don't care too much about being that. Like The humanity side of this game, I think, is super important. And that's something we really value bringing to the table here on Lockdown Broncos. So obviously, for Kendall Hinton, wishing him best in what's next, whether it's back with the team on the practice squad or getting an opportunity somewhere else here in the NFL. But then another guy, this was a little bit different, right? If there were four players who were waived, there was one player who was released outright. Isaiah Prince at offensive tackle was released by the Broncos. And to me, it kind of maybe opens up the door a little bit in terms of our eyes that, okay, hey, maybe this does mean that Alex Palczewski has done enough to generate momentum to make the 53-man roster because we came into the offseason talking about Prince's, hey, this is a guy who has started for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been on a Super Bowl team and he's a guy who's a developmental prospect. He could be waiting in the wings here. Unfortunately, didn't have the greatest preseason campaign overall. So he was released outright. And then three other players here were waived. That's right, Cody. I think Broncos gave Isaiah Prince a very fair shot to potentially make this team, right? They gave him reps with the first team offense out there in the first preseason game of the year. But you're right, Alex Palczewski, more consistent in my opinion from at least what we saw throughout the preseason i'm sure at training camp as well so that does bode well for palcheski's chances of making the team now the broncos also let go of delante hood uh defensive back and then two wide receivers jj koski and nick williams now we didn't see anything from koski or williams at wide receiver in the preseason i don't know what you saw at training camp those guys felt like camp bodies. I know we're trying to not dehumanize this whole thing, but it felt like the Broncos kind of just brought them in for 
for bodies at the receiver position in camp because we didn't see them get into the rotation. So uh, who knows what the future will hold for them. I'm not sure where the pro scouting department is at on them, but certainly wishing them the best as well. But I think Delonte Hood, Cody, he was obviously a guy that talked about for his big time speed. And certainly that there's an opening there in the defensive backfield in terms of a couple spots at corner. So the Broncos, I think, going a different direction there. Nothing's really surprising among these first initial cuts. So we'll see what the next couple of hours bring here. I, I'm sure, as you know, you listening to the show, we talk about this and joke about this a lot. After we hang up the phone on this podcast, usually something goes down. So we'll kind of have <laughs> to wait and see what will happen there. But just expect, I'm sure we'll be talking about tomorrow on tomorrow's show. We'll be talking about how, man, we, we got done recording the podcast. And right after we got done, this guy got let go. But as of right now, Cody, no big surprises to me among the initial wave of cuts, which wave more like a kind of like a, you dropped a pebble in the in the sea there in terms of it's just five guys out of how many more they have to how many more roster moves they have to make. So a lot more to come here for the Broncos. An estimated 32 more cuts to be happen after the initial five have departed here from the Broncos. Some of these guys are eligible to be brought back onto the team's practice squad. We'll see how maybe how some players in terms of their status and coming along will be impacted. And look, we even talked about, I think, Riley Moss a little bit earlier, right? When we talk about cornerback, I think cornerback depth is very interesting right now. So for like Riley Moss's case, kind of going back to the whole, what do the Broncos do at that position specifically? He could be a guy that starts off on short-term injured reserve because of the fact that, hey, when you're coming back from core muscle surgery, Sarah, I don't... I don't know if, yeah, this was before you joined Locked On Broncos, but I actually had my appendix t taken out. I was bummed out because they told me I could not work out for five to six weeks. I couldn't do anything physical because then I could suffer a hernia. I think some of the same stuff could potentially happen. Like, that's one thing you say is like, when you have core muscle surgery, you have to be very careful with what you do because any kind of strain could lead to another hernia. And we know obviously that was something that he was dealing with. So there could be some more time that he needs to ramp up the physical, the physicality side of it. And maybe Sarah, just maybe at this point, I think short-term IR is not a bad decision for him as we all know it, because then, Hey, you can get ready. And maybe by the time week six rolls around, maybe he can be ready to go and maybe play a role here for the Broncos defense something to throw out there. But as we know, roster cuts are going to happen. How does the offensive line shape out? What type of moves do they make? And I think some of the questions we have here, how many players do they keep at that position overall in totality between the interior line, the exterior on the offensive tackle side of things, and ultimately, hey, running back and wide receiver. These are things that we're wondering how it's going to play out here for the Denver Broncos as roster cuts continue to come in. One thing is for certain, we'll have you covered every step of the way here, locked on Broncos. But with that said, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Make sure you subscribe or follow if you're a brand new viewer or listener here of this show. You like what you heard. You like the conversation. You want to be part of it. Make sure you comment down below on YouTube. Interact with other members of Broncos country. We appreciate you for taking time out of your day to make us part of your day. So thank you so much, Broncos country. Sarah Bettinger, myself, will be back tomorrow as we break down the final roster cut news that happens here with the Broncos as they formulate their 53.